the culture of your home is the incubator of character. You are the only mother that your child has. You're the only father that your child has. You're the only person who can be you in their life. And you have a lot to offer. Isn't the goal of parenting not that we have these 42-year-olds who are still coming home on time and cleaning their rooms, but that they actually leave and we have hardwired them for the virtues that we want to see in them? The thing we all have in common is that we are interested in our kids' future. I know the Parent Network exists to help moms and dads in whatever way you can, when you can, and how you can help moms and dads help their children have the future that God's promised them. Well, hello and welcome to the Parent Network Podcast, episode 92. I'm Sass. I'm here with my friends Katie and Lindsay, and we are doing a second installment of a conversation that we're going to be having every month, like forever from now on, Katie? <laughs> forever. Ever, forever. Forever and ever and ever. Yeah, right. Uh, a conversation around uh, what we just covered yesterday in our Port City Kids Topics classes. And if you have been following along in any way, shape, or form once a month, we're going to be having these classes on different topics. Uh, that parents can kind of um, kind of learn and grow and and become better parents and learn specific, you know, kind of skills and things to be doing at home. And so this is going to be just a great conversation today. We did this last month, so you can go back and listen to the last topics class. And and every kind of month, we're going to have the class on a Sunday. It's the fourth Sunday of the month, or the, the last, last Sunday. Sunday of the month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last Sunday of the month, and then the next day we're going to record a podcast on right. all of this. So those of you who couldn't be there can hear this. If you were there, you can get get more information. So Lindsay, tell us a little bit about what you guys talked about yesterday. Yeah, thanks, Seth. So um, yesterday we covered a topic that I think all of us parents um, can definitely relate to and that we've dealt with with our kids at some point or another. Um, The topic was teaching honesty and building trust. And so how do we help our kids come to us um, and to God without guilt and shame when they've messed up? Um, How do we help them to understand that honesty is better than hiding? Um, And like, how do we encourage this with our kids? And so we split the day into um, kind of two segments. So Katie, do you want to? Yeah. So um, the first kind of thing that we we talked about was actually like our kids being honest and telling the truth. Um, so kind of what to do whenever they aren't being honest. Um, and then the other part was how do we build a culture of trust in our home so that this isn't just the specific behavior of being honest or not, but in general, how do we have a home that feels trusting and inviting? So we're going to kind of start with that first topic today of actual telling the truth. And the first thing we we really wanted to impress is that this is a very normal thing. I read an article and it said, why do kids lie? Better yet, why do adults lie? (laughs) That was like kind of how it started. And and so I do think that although lying can feel really um, hurtful when our kids do that, it is a normal developmental thing for them to, to grow into and to try it out in some ways. And this looks different at different ages. So when they're really young, um, I think some of it is they have a hard time deciphering what's imaginary play and what is reality. Um, And they're trying to figure that out. And sometimes things can feel real that are just something that they imagined. Um, As they get a little older, I think that looks like they're trying to avoid consequences. So they've learned that if I do this, this is going to happen. But I don't want this to happen and I messed up. So how can I avoid that? Um, It also could be them trying to impress their friends. Um, They... Their friendships matter a lot to them and they don't want to be embarrassed or they don't want to not look as cool as their friends. And so that could be a reason. It also sometimes I think is that they don't want to disappoint their parents. Um, We talked a lot yesterday and heard a lot of parents talk about uh, oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes that first kid has the 
struggles a little bit with perfection. And so they want to do everything right. And so if they mess up, they don't want it to be known that they're not perfect. They're not telling um, you. Right. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> they want to keep that image of being perfect. Um, so we, we just really talked about how this is a, a regular thing that lots of parents are trying to navigate. What we were saying is if we can kind of change the narrative as parents, um, instead of just focusing on the not lying, um, how do we help our kids see that it's actually they're being brave um, by being honest? And we want to encourage that honesty um, and encourage them to tell the truth and praise them when they do this instead of just focusing on the, oh, you told this lie, this is, a, this is negative. Um, and so praising them for that, you know, um, in Luke 16, 10, it says, if you are faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities, which is, um, you know, a great thing that we can kind of share with our kids and say, hey, when we can trust you with this, you know, one thing, when you're honest, that's how the trust is mm -hmm. built and it grows, you know, on itself. As kids get older, the question that they ask is, why don't you trust me? Mm -hmm. And and if if there has been a pattern when they're younger of not being trustworthy in the little things or telling lies in the little things, exactly what you're saying is true. Like as a parent, I can I can tell you why right. I don't trust you <laughs> because right. you haven't been trustworthy mm -hmm. in the little things. And so no, I'm not handing you the car keys today because you're not trustworthy. <laughs> and it, it matters kind of when they're younger, kind of building that as they as trust. they're getting older. Yeah, yeah for and sure. If you can start when they're young, yeah, you know, and right. trust them with the small things. Um, that's really important because when they are older, like you said, then yeah. you can trust them with larger things. Yeah. Um, and so another thing we were saying yesterday is that one way to teach honesty, especially with younger kids, um, is through stories. There's a lot of power in stories um, because our kids are not like the main character, right? Um, and these are teaching moments um, that we can kind of have with them versus, oh, you've been caught in this and now we're going to learn from it. But kind of incorporating that. It takes that pressure off a little bit. So it's not it's not me that's in trouble, but I can see someone else made the wrong choice. Mm -hmm. That's right. And then can learn from that. Maybe I shouldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and so we touched on, you know, the story of Zacchaeus in Luke 19. We touched upon um, the story of Adam and Eve, you know, in Genesis 2 and 3. And... Um, so, you know, the takeaways of these stories, you can go ahead and read them, you know, read them with your kids. But, you know, God loves an honest heart. Um, it allows us to teach our kids about forgiveness and how nothing can separate us from God. Um, and, you know, Jesus was perfect and he was honest and truthful. And, and that's what we want to, um, you know, model and model that for our kids and have our kids grow in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another thing we we talked about is how um, in a similar vein to what Lindsay was just saying, but instead of lying is bad and, and concentrating on that, like confession is good. God um, wants us to come to him. And when we come to God and we ask for his forgiveness, he forgives us like that. That is what our good God does. And so if we can have them not dwell on the sin and think about the bad and just sit in the guilt of what they've done wrong, but see the goodness of God's grace and forgiveness. Um, and, and in the same way, if we can model that for them and give them that grace and forgiveness, not only does it help them understand God's character better, but I think it changes that narrative in their head of feeling so much weight from the the thing that they have messed mm -hmm. up in. Um, and there was a, a parent, one of the cool things kind of that we've done with this is we've talked to different parents who are a little further along than Lindsay and I are. And um, one of the parents told me something, it was interesting that she's talked to her kid a lot about 
if you choose to lie, like you're probably going to get better about it (laughs) or better at it. Um, And so how do we help you see like you may be able to get away with things. And at some point you're going to be able to lie about something that I'm not going to know about as a parent. That's right. But is that the direction you want to go? Like, is that what happens when you do that? What is played out? And that's what comes in with like the power of those stories and being able to see this played out or even learn from your own experience. And I think parents, we have an opportunity to um, be honor, honest and vulnerable with them about how we've experienced this in our own life and help them to play out what will happen if I continue to go down this path and what will that look like? And it's not a good feeling. Like yeah. There's not freedom in that. And that's yeah. what we want our kids to have is that freedom. And there will be a time when I, as your parent, cannot protect you from the consequences that you will feel if you do that. Right. <laughs> like if, right. if you keep yeah. going down that road, yeah. sometimes it's relatively safe in the context of our home and, you know, what's going on. But mm-hmm. th- there's going to be a moment where you do that at school or you do that, you know, right. on your team or with someone else. And I can't help. Right. And that's yeah. actually a great right? point because Katie and I both have young kids. So we are kind of the consequence for yeah, our that's kids right. right now. You got it. Um, uh-huh. But like you said, as they get older and, you know, they will have consequences outside of just us, yeah. you know. Yeah. The made consequences that we can come up with. There's some natural ones that you don't want to face. That's right. Right. For sure. So do you, Lindsay, kind of want to touch a little bit more? We kind of talked about the actual lying, but what does this look like to build a culture of this within our home? Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, like we said, the second part to this talk was building a culture of trust and how... um, how are we somebody that our kids can trust and how valuable that relationship is and the connection is. So, you know, obviously early on when you have infants at home, um, we are meeting their basic needs physically, you know, we're feeding them, changing them, giving them love and affection. Um, and this is how we kind of create that attachment. And ultimately that's what builds the trust, um, as the early foundation. Um, and as that attachment becomes stronger, they learn to trust us and the world around them. Yeah. And, and then as they grow, I think this, um, kind of looks different. We, you think about a relationship you have with anyone, you have to spend time with them and you have to connect with them on what matters to them. Um, we can, we can say, I don't like coloring, but you do. That would probably be a great way to connect with you, but I don't have time to do that. And that relationship is not going to be built upon. So we have to enter in to the things that matter to them. Um, uh, uh, yesterday someone was talking and they were talking about how their dad used to would just go outside and play sports with them. And that's how the conversations came about. It wasn't that they were like, we need to sit down and have mm-hmm, a talk. That's right. So if we can find things that um, we can connect with our kids on, those conversations are going to happen a lot more naturally than just trying to hope that we have an important, serious conversation. I love that you use the word connection. And I don't know if kind of you guys have heard me say this in the last couple of years, but, but I have felt like, a way that I'm trying to frame my relationships with my kids is connection over content. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes as a parent, we want to deliver content to our uh-huh. kids, right? You know, <laughs> here's how you tie your shoes. You got to brush your teeth. Let's get your books in your book bag. Let's get out of here. Like it's just this mechanical, we got to go, yeah. got to go, got to go, got to go. And it's, it's all of this content because we want them to learn. But what you're saying is so true. The connection is more important uh-huh. than the content. They're and never so, going to get the content right. if there's no reason for them to trust right. you with that. And sometimes I think as parents, we, uh, we're scared if they don't get the content, what's going to happen to them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm, I'm more scared of what's going to happen if we don't build the relationship. Yeah. Quite honestly. Yeah. And so connection over content, I think really matters uh, in a lot of situations. Yeah. yeah. 
Absolutely. And so kind of to segue into that, a, a way we were talking yesterday about connecting with your kids is through um, love languages, knowing how to connect with your kids specifically. Um, something we actually talked about at MOPS on Tuesday was love languages and how your own love language is different than your spouse and maybe different than your kids. And so learn like knowing your kids really well and how do they feel loved and in turn feel that trust um, and the relationship mm-hmm. deepens. So how do you connect with your kids on a personal level? It's And it's not going to be the same for all of your That's individual right. kids. You, you know, it. each kid is, is different. Yeah. yeah. And with all of this, we were talking about like, um, we want our kids to know that they need to be honest so that that relationship isn't broken. But if we don't focus on that relationship and build a relationship that matters, then the what motivates them for that relationship yeah. to be broken if they already feel like it's broken because we're not seeing them as who they are. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, um, <clears throat> is, is, and you guys are probably going to get to this in some way, shape or form, but it just coming to my mind now, just modeling the forgiveness mm-hmm. because the, the relationship hopefully <laughs> with my kids is never going to be broken so much that it's not there. Mm-hmm. And so p- part of that for me as the parent is I, I have to own I'm going to forgive you <laughs> for when you lie to me and, and when you break that relationship and I'm going to model forgiveness. And, you know, obviously there's got to be consequences and you got to talk about all that, but, but modeling that forgiveness mm-hmm. and, and then talking about kind of how God has forgiven you mm-hmm. and, and kind of bringing that into the conversation to help them understand the gospel and what God does, I think is just so important. Sorry, I'm saying all these things. I wasn't even there, but <laughs> I hope it's helpful. You're good. I hope it's helpful. <laughs> Something else we talked about yesterday was um, meeting your child's needs, like whether you agree in that moment or not. And so when your child is acting out, we naturally want to have a big reaction. Um, but sometimes it's better to give them a second and to love on them first and say like, I don't like what you're doing right now, but I love you and we're going to work through this. And so reinforcing that. Um, and also it, it allows them to know that like, it's okay that they have these big feelings. Um, they kind of want to know, can you handle me? How much can I, you know, stretch you? Um, and so it's good to let them know, just let it out. Um, we can handle it, um, but we love you anyway. And then we'll work on, you know. Yeah. The- and we love you for how you are, which may be different than how we are. Um, I think I love the example of like riding a bike. Like our kids are, when they first start out, you're like holding onto the handlebars with them, trying to get them to go. And you're like, you're the one that is like right there with all these things. But then um, eventually you hold on to like the back of the bike and then eventually they can go, you know, 50 yards by themselves and you're like they are watching but then one day your kids are going to go outside and just ride their bikes and you're not watching (laughs) like they're they're able to do that and so with that like holding on to it along the way we're like building that trust but we have to get to a place where we let go and that is like loving them as they are and so sometimes we may disagree with how they process things or what they see as valuable or not valuable and kind of like you were saying we feel the need to coach them and like give them the content of this is the best way to do it but we ultimately want them to be independent and so that looks like trusting that over time even when it's something that we may not completely agree with or completely see eye to eye with Mm -hmm. Um, but allowing that space for them to do it I think that when we think of any relationship, no relationship is one-sided. And so there isn't anyone that we just tell them how it is and they just do it. 
but often we parent our kids that way <laughs> instead of letting them influence us as well and changing maybe what our thoughts are, like yeah. allowing them to do that. And that's really how that trust I think yeah. is built, especially as they get older. It's an exercise in letting them grow into who God's created them to be mm-hmm. instead of who we want them to be. Yes. That's hard. It is hard. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Right? Yeah, yeah. it is. Um, something else that we, you know, want to keep in mind when our kids do come to us um, with something that they're um, letting us know or telling us that, hey, I messed up with this, um, to keep in mind like how we react um, and not to try to freak out over everything, um, which I think can sometimes be a natural reaction. But when we overreact, that can often cause shame. And so the the next time they might not want to come to you um, as easily because they're afraid of the reaction. Um, I was telling Katie that um, my mom actually is a big overreactor. Sorry, mom, if you're listening to this. <laughs> you still love her. I still <laughs> love her, but um, I can remember being younger and, and just knowing like what her reaction would be. And it made me nervous to, you know, come to her with that. And so mm-hmm. I think it's just good to keep in mind, um, you know, when our kids do come to us with things. Yeah. And it's so easy, I think, to, um, almost pretend like that's not a big deal because we're trying to be helpful or we want them to know um, because we we want to protect our children naturally. But I do think it builds up walls that we think aren't being built sometimes whenever we're not aware of that. Um, and kind of like segueing into what you were talking about, Sass, of modeling that heart for them. Sometimes that looks like not responding. <laughs> like sometimes when we mess up or when our kids mess up, we feel this need to like, give them a long lecture of all the things to make sure all the points are clear. And that's not what God does for us. And that's not what we want him to do for us. When we've messed up, we want to be able to come to God and him still love us and give us that grace. But as parents, we don't often react that way. We react with a lecture of all the things you need to remember and why. Um, And so sometimes if we aren't able to um, be as loving and graceful, sometimes it looks like just biting your tongue and deciding to you calm down yourself and addressing the situation a little bit later if you're able to do that. So that reminds me, um, several years ago in the Parent Network, we did one of our kind of big events and we had a guy named Tom Shifshunas come in mm-hmm. and it was kind of titled Real Parenting. And it was really dealing with exactly kind of what you're talking about. And it was like, think back to when you made kind of the biggest mistake you've ever made. Mm-hmm. How did you need your parents to respond mm-hmm. in that moment? And Chef gave kind of some great sort of practical things that you should do. So if you're a parent out there listening and you kind of want to dive deeper into that, you can go to Vimeo and there's a PC3 Parent Network Vimeo page and you can watch it again. It's called Real Parenting with Tom Shevchenis. Um, And it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier about, you know, encouraging that honesty. And you can say, you know, thank you for being honest. I know that was hard for you to come um, to us with that, um, but thank you for your honesty. And now we can, you know, work through that. Yeah, kind of move on. Yeah. And then the last thing we really talked about is just the slippery slope of deceit and normalizing deceit. Um, Kind of it goes back to that quote that I talked about at the very beginning, like why do kids lie? Well, why do adults lie? And there's so many reasons that as adults, we call this like fibbing or a little white lie or bending the truth just a little bit. Um, And when we live in that gray area, I think it makes it very difficult for our kids to, to navigate that. Um, there's a definition of honesty I found that says telling what I know is true without any hint of deception or falsehood. And I love this because so often our kids can 
they're maybe not lying, but they're not completely being true either. <laughs> um, and um, the verse in Matthew five thirty seven where it says, "Let your yes be yes and your no be no." I just think that's a great way to phrase that to your kids. Um, kind of if there is something that you are asking them about, to kind of say like, "Hey, let's let's just really be honest here." Like let's not say what is going to make it sound the best or let's not say what makes it easiest. Um, but let's completely be honest here. Um, I think that that even like reminding our kids of that can be helpful because they've see that modeled in our culture so often that even a, a small example, we, my daughter's been late for school, um, several times she's been tardy <laughs> and we were tardy one day again. And she told me that a kid in her class, she's in kindergarten had told her how to, for it to be an excuse tardy instead of, so she wouldn't get in trouble for it. And it was something that they had done before. And I, it like made me yeah. really sad because it felt normal for her to yeah. tell me how to do that because it just gets out of her being in trouble. And I think our culture finds ways to make things a little gray all the time. Um, but I do think that's a very slippery slope whenever we allow our kids to kind of navigate that in mm -hmm. the gray. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things I thought here is you guys have been talking and it's in the realm of what you were just saying, Katie, like as a parent, we shouldn't lie to our kids. Mm -hmm. Like we get into this, you know, we kind of get the gray area of our lives, which is what you kind of, you're talking about. But if we're honest, there are times where in order to not have the conversation, cause I don't have time in order to shield them from something in order to, you're not young, you're too young to understand this. And so we will tell little kind of untruths, white lies to our kids and we'll right. just move on. Right. And, and I think at some point in life, like they can put together, wait a minute, have you been lying to me about yeah. things like about mm -hmm. your job and what's going on? Cause, cause they can feel life. They're aware, That's of how, they're aware of what's going on in the house. And you know, like, I just think we need to be careful, you know, depending on our ages of our kids, of course, to be appropriate with them about what's going on, but yet right. not lie to them yeah. about things under the guise of I'm going to protect them. Right. Yeah. Because in the long run, I think that comes back to bite you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. we, uh, th that did come up yesterday. Yeah. We were talking about that. And, you know, personally, that's come up, you know, in my house as of recently, just with, you know, some health diagnoses and things like that. Um, and so my oldest is eight. And, you know, here I thought I can shield the kids from some of the, the pain and just some of the things that were going on um, and try to alleviate some of the anxiety. Mm -hmm. But in reality, I realized it was causing more yeah. um, anxiety in them. And so um, while you can feel like, well, I'm doing this good thing by keeping this from them, um, it was actually causing more hurt. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. And I think often our kids can handle more than we think they can. Absolutely true. Um, yeah. We, somebody had told me the example of like, you know, your grandparents, they come and see kids and they're like, wow, they've grown so much. But as parents, we see them every day. And so we often view them stages behind where they are. And so we think you're not, you're not quite able to handle this, yeah. but they are more mature than we realize sometimes. Right. And so, yeah, it, it almost, they feel, they feel like we are hiding something yes. from yeah. them That's right. because they've are able to handle more than sometimes yeah. we think. Yeah. And I've heard it said too, that we have a hard time treating our kids like the phase that they're in. Mm -hmm. We want to treat them like the phase that they were. Right. And that's part of kind of us not wanting them to grow up and all those right. things. But yet we have to be able to recognize the phase that they're in and what they can handle. Right. Uh, and be truthful with them and can kind of create that culture of trust yeah. and truth um, yeah. because they can handle more than we think. Because it is a two way sure. street. It is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I promise you, if your kid is outside your house ever, 
they're growing and learning more than you think they are. Yes, yeah. <laughs> whether right. we want them to or not. That's right. It's happening. You cannot control that. It's just kind of what's happening in life. So. Right. Yep. Anyway. Yep. All right. Well, thank you guys. Uh, anything else you want to add kind of before we close up today? I was just going to say one of the really, like I had mentioned, we've talked to several different parents and I just want to encourage parents that if you, if there is something that you're struggling with or that you, a topic that you've thought about to reach out to a parent, if you know another parent who's maybe even a year ahead of you, um, just to open the door for that conversation. I think it's really easy as parents sometimes to vent about hard things, but never really go to the next step of how do we learn together? Um, And it was, I feel like I learned so much as a parent talking to other parents and it's just a really beautiful way to get past the, let's just share in that this is hard, but like, what do we do about this? And then see how much we, we all care about our kids. We love them. We want to raise them in a way to know God. And so like, how can we do that together? And sometimes that feels uncomfortable, but i just saw so much beauty in getting Mm -hmm. to do that, that I would just encourage parents to take that step. Yeah, that's true. And that being said, we'd love to have um, all of you (laughs) at our next topics class. Um, Next month, we'll be covering prayer. And so what does prayer look like with kids and how do we help them develop a prayer life? Um, And so that next class will be March 26th at our nine o'clock and 11 o'clock services. Um, And we do ask that people register. So if you'd like to register for that class, you can do that on our website, which is portcity.church slash upcoming. That's great. One more thing I'll say that I've thought as we kind of close it up is um, I think a good question to ask your kids as you're attempting to build that culture of trust is, um, do you trust me? Mm -hmm. And we've kind of found ourselves doing that with our kids over the years for sure, where there's a difficult situation and, you know, you're trying to help them trust what you're saying about something. Mm -hmm. And that kind of plays into all of this. And so I've had to ask the question, do you trust me? Mm-hmm. Now, the hard part about that is, is when you ask sometimes the answer is no. <laughs> I mean, I've had that before. Do you yeah. trust me? No, I don't. Okay, so let's talk about that. Right. Talk about why you don't trust me in this situation, but to continually plant that seed as a parent that you can trust me mm-hmm. and, and we're going to continue to build this culture of trust and truthfulness and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're hoping and praying and that it you know, pays off in the long run right. when it comes to kind of our relationship with them, how they're growing in their faith. but. Um, that's just maybe a question that you as a parent can start asking your child. Yeah. Do you trust me yeah. as we're going yep. through this? So, well, thank you guys so much. Um, if you want to get more information about anything going on, you can go to portcity.church forward slash parents. We'd love for you to sign up to be a part of the parent network. You're going to get more information just about things that are going on. And uh, we just want to equip and encourage you as a parent. So thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next time on the parent network podcast. Mm-hmm.